Made my vow to the Lord. Sometimes I'm up and sometimes I'm down. But I made my vow to the Lord. I pray, pray, pray. I made my vow to the Lord. Isn't it interesting what can happen in life when you make a promise? Just shifts perspective. Making a promise can all of a sudden open up what you weren't able to see before. And in the scripture today, we have Jesus making a new commitment. Before, he's been healing and teaching, and he's been fairly popular, and now he's making a different kind of promise. It's been good to heal people. It's been good to teach. It's been good to challenge the religious scholars. But this time, he said, oh, I've got to do more than that. I'm going to go back to Jerusalem, and this time, it's going to be different. It's not just going to be about these little squabbles. It's not just going to be about each person who needs healing. It's going to be about changing a system. It's going to be about confronting authorities and powers. It's going to be about undoing the things that make so much healing necessary. It's going to be about undoing all of the harms that I can. I made a vow to the Lord. I will go. I will go. I made a vow to the Lord. I will go. Jesus making a promise to himself and to God in the reading we have today. Not everybody's happy with it. Some people want to change Jesus' mind. They're not bad people. They're people that love him. I'll say, well, you remember what happened last time we were in Jerusalem? You know, we almost didn't get away. And Jesus says, yeah, we're still going. I've made my vow. He even gets up in Peter's face because Peter's one of the ones that says, oh, we don't have to do this, Jesus. We can find another way. Remember last week we talked about what Satan was? The adversary, the accuser, not this personified thing of evil that we dream about in this day and time. In Jesus' time, when Jesus uses the word Satan, he's talking about things that are against God's love. Which in today's story is Peter. Because Peter says there's an easier way. We can make it softer. We don't have to do it like this. You know, and Jesus looks around and knows the disciples are listening. And so in front of them says, get behind me, you that would keep me from God's path of love. Get behind me, you who don't yet understand this promise that creates a world, transforms life to where God's love is more available and that people understand they're worth it. Have you ever started on a journey before and have some people who love you so much, they say, no, don't do that. Yeah. Michael, full-time job, don't go for that MBA. You know, when he knows he needs to do it. Have you ever started out on any of those journeys that looked like maybe a little step, but then it shifted everything in your life? 
So in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus says the same thing three times because Peter didn't get it the first time, and Jesus heals some more, so they think, well, maybe we'll go back to healing everybody. And so in the next chapter, chapter 8, and then in chapter 9, Jesus has to say it again. Nope, we're going to Jerusalem, and it's going to be different this time. Then Jesus does some more teaching, and they forget again. They say, well, maybe we can still avoid this thing. And then in the next chapter again, in Mark, three verses, chapters 8, 9, and 10, all saying exactly the same thing. I made my vow to the Lord. We've got to undo this thing as much as we can. We've got to change it. We have got to make it different. You ever tried to take on the whole system? Oh, my. I know some of you have. I've seen you doing it. Now, the whole system may be in your family home, right? Because however big it is out here, it always comes down to the little scale. And you have to start each and every step wondering what's at play. You may have to undo it right then and right there. And I've seen some of you do it in your neighborhood, some in your church, some in our city. Undoing the whole system. Because that's what God is about. So that we can move from fear to love. But we mishear it. We don't get the lyrics right. We wonder, isn't there a safer way? You know, Peter's not bad. Let's just be safe. Let's stay away from Jerusalem. And like Peter, sometimes those lyrics sound better to us. Do y'all remember a song from 1985 by Mr. Mister called Curie a Liaison? Did any of you ever roll the windows down in your car during the summer and sing Curie a Liaison? You know, that song. Did you even know what the words meant back then? I had friends singing that song said, Carrie, you know, carry, carry your load, son, down the path I must follow. I had a friend of mine, non-church friends, he was singing at the top of his lungs, carry the load, son, down the path you must follow. And I said, oh, no, that, that's Kiri Elay's song. Looks at me, you know. He wasn't too far off in the meaning for the song, but it wasn't quite. It's Kiri Elay's song, God have mercy. Christe Elay's song, Christ have mercy. Some of you know that traditional litany in your churches. But sometimes we get the words a little bit long because even in this, God's not asking us to carry that load. Jesus is headed to Jerusalem to change the system. Jesus has a different way of looking at it. And as Jesus looks at it, Jesus is not saying the familiar finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Do you all know that little thing in the playground? Drop your jump rope. Oop, I got it. Finders, keepers. Oh, it has your name on it. Don't worry about it. I still got it. Finders, keepers. You know, losers, weepers. Jesus is turning it around. Jesus' wisdom says, finders, weepers. Losers, keepers. He moves right from arguing with Peter into saying, you've been living your life backwards. You've been living it upside down. God's continuing to come to you in this great love story, and Jesus is helping us try to understand that there is no distance between us. Stop living in fear and worthiness. Trust in God's love. Don't hold on so tightly and cling to everything of the world because God's with you in and through everything. Those ups and those downs. There's no abyss between you and God. 
that you have to jump over. Marianne Williamson says, can we rewrite the script? Let go of all those things we're afraid of and keep those things that are love? Can we stop clinging so tight to everything we have a hold of that doesn't bring us life? Oh, goodness. And we know some of this truth. Lose your life to have it. Have you experienced that ever? Have you experienced when you held on so tight to something and then finally you let go of it? The joy of letting go filled you fuller than any of the holding on had ever done. You could have been a parent doing it for a child. You could have been a giver doing it for someone in need. You could have been serving in a way you were afraid to serve. But at the end, something in your heart swelled in a different way and you gained life that you didn't have before because you entered into a space of releasing the fear and putting your life out there that could have been rejected, but in a way that filled your life more fully. Have you felt that ever? I have in my life. And so you know what? I still get surprised. I still get surprised. I'm still holding on so tight to something. I still get surprised when I release that fear and trust in God to do it, even if I don't know what the end will be yet. Even if I don't know what the end will be, I get surprised that I have life anew, afresh, in this topsy-turvy world that Jesus has for us. Finders, weepers, let go. Oh, you think you're losing, but you will keep your life. Are we willing to experiment? I'll lift an example for you. We're celebrating the life this day of Malcolm Boyd. He was an openly gay person, Episcopal priest, freedom writer. He died on Friday, 91 years old. 91 years old. The Christian Science Monitor interviewed him last year. And he talks about what it meant to set his face towards justice. He talks about what it felt like. And he says, I was afraid. He said, this was way over my head. I had to make a choice. I decided I would go. But I had no idea what I was doing. I just made a decision on faith. I have to go to see what the end will be. What will God do on this journey for justice? What will God do in his life when he lets go of everything he thought, even not knowing what's next? At 90, Malcolm said, and this is important for us to hear. He said, single-issue people are quite dangerous. Have you known some dangerous single-issue people? <laughs> you know, single-issue people are quite dangerous. They're obsessed, and they're usually shouting. And as he repeats that, he says, I care about a lot more than one thing. Today, I care about immigration reform. I care about racism, marriage equality. I care about gun violence, the scandalous condition of women around the world, environmental degradation, and the decline of organized religion. He said, I care. I do not know what the end will be. But I've set my face towards Jerusalem, and we'll take each step along the way with Jesus to see where it may take us. Bishop Desmond Tutu says of Malcolm Boyd, 
And if you haven't met this man before, I invite you to buy one of his books and meet him now. Uh, he was ahead of his time, being a white civil rights prophet on behalf of people of color, protesting against tyranny and war, asserting God's inclusivity for all people, including gays, and offering prayer in actions as well as words. Archbishop Desmond Tutu, prayer in actions as well as words. What we get in the scripture today is Jesus is ready to do some more actions. He's moving to put into action his teaching. He's moving towards Jerusalem to make that difference. And we're asked, will we pick up our own cross? I can't tell you what your cross is. It comes to each and every one of us in its own way and time. Will you pick up your own cross, your own journey, for which you will set your face and make the promise to God is, I am in this to the end, even if I don't know what the end looks like. I am in it to the end, even if I don't know what the end looks like. Because once you do that, the world's going to give you reasons not to. The world's going to come right back up and say, oh, no, you don't need to do that. The world is going to give you reasons to think again. But I want to tell you, making that choice and making that promise is life. All you have to do is trade what you've been led to believe is life for the real thing. Trade what you believe, holding on to so tight for the real thing. So here we are this day. Jesus shifts. Some people don't follow. The time of popularity, you know, not as much right now. It's a different kind of journey that we go for. Let's follow along. You know, this Jesus is worth it. It's more to me than being saved. It's more than me than feeling good each day. It's more to me than just, oh, everything will work out right. I don't know how. This Jesus thing is worth it to me. Because each and every day I find a miracle. Each and every day I move from fear to love. Each and every day when I hear Christ ask me to lose that life so that I may find it. Amen. Thank you.